2: I would just like to introduce you to um, the Genius Recipe Tapes audience and let them know that we're going to be sharing some Either Side Eaters episodes in the Genius feed and um, just hear a little bit more from you about what the show is about, who you are, and what some of these episodes are about. So. Just to start off, can you just introduce yourselves and and what this show is?
0: Yeah, well so first of all, I think I th- this is Katie speaking. Um and I I think Jen and I both uh feel honored to be guests on the Genius Recipe Tapes. We love this show. We
2: love you, Kristen. So thank you for having us on. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. I I love you both too and I'm so glad we're part of the same podcast family. Us
0: too.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, so Jen, how how should we break this down? So I, li- I'm American. I'm sure you can tell by my accent, but I live in Europe. I lived in London when Jen and I first had this idea for the, for either side eaters. Um, and I am now based in Italy and Jen, do you want to take over why that, like how that feeds into what the show is all about?
1: Yeah. Well, I, just so you know, I'm American too, and I'm still, I'm born and raised and still live here in New York. Um, and so, Katie and I actually met because we were in the YouTube world, and so we were collaborating with each other. We've been doing that for several years now, and it's been a lot of fun. We've even competed against each other and chopped. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Food
0: Network World <laughs> wow. Showdown. That
1: was intense. <laughs> Jen, Jen won
0: that episode, by the way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Spoiler alert! Oh my yeah. gosh, what was the what was the exact challenge? I had no idea this this was part of your backstory. So the theme of
1: our episode was uh, WebStars, uh-huh. and so they included as a secret ingredient an emoji cookie. Yes. That was in- and that's what I that remember. That was the first was round. Like, yeah, that
0: right. was the first round. I was like, uh-huh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, YouTubers, emojis, we got it. Um, <laughs> but now fast forward to Katie living in London. Uh, you know, we've been keeping up with each other, and every time we talk, we still talk food. And she texts me one day. She's like, have you ever had halloumi? Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about halloumi. I went to visit my parents in Ohio and we wanted to do a pizza night and I asked them, you know, I gave them a list of ingredients and halloumi is on it. And they're like, I don't, I've never
3: heard of that.
0: Not only had they never heard of it, it was impossible to source anywhere in our town in Ohio, the town where I grew up. And I was like, wait a second. It is on every single corner shop, supermarket, like little mini deli in London. It is everywhere in London. And then I learned that it's a Greek cheese, or I'm sorry, it's Greek, but also Cyprus, actually, that every Cypriot is going to be mad at me for saying that. (laughs) It's a cheese from Cyprus. And I was like, okay, how is it that a cheese from Cyprus is absolutely everywhere in London, and I cannot find it anywhere in Ohio?
2: Hmm. And that led to the very first episode
0: well, yeah, so then, so, so Jen then tells me how she has heard of Halloumi, and because you were familiar with
1: it, right, Jen? Yeah, again, through the YouTube world, I was following a lot of uh, mm-hmm. Brits and watching their vlogs, and they kept talking about Halloumi, this on oh. salad and toast and pizza. And I was like, I still had no idea where to find this. It wasn't a common thing in, in the groceries in Queens. So, I decided to venture out and look for it and absolutely fell in love. And so that's something that we discuss in the podcast is just our love of it and how yeah. versatile it is and how there are actually other cheeses around the world that have that similar consistency and high melting point. Um, and actually, after, after that episode came out, uh, people were telling me in, in the DMs, they slid in there like, hey, we got this cheese and this and that. And it made me so happy. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a great way to connect.
0: And it's got such great history, too, and how it made its way to England, right? It's, it's a like everything of food and food culture. Oh, um, it, yes. it is so closely intertwined with history and with the migration of people.
2: This is so emblematic of what Either Side Eater episodes are all about. It's, it's you two being curious about something, chatting about your experiences on either side of the pond and in all of the places that you've traveled. And then digging into the history of, like, what exactly is going on, why Halloumi is all over one place and not to be found in another. Um, it's it, This is such a perfect encapsulation, like, a mini, like, two-minute encapsulation of what every Either Side Eater episode is about. And then you have these fantastic guests, too. Oh, yes.
0: Yes. Yes. That has been such a blast. Um, yeah. Everyone from Rachel Koo to um, Rav Gill, Chetna McConn
1: from Great British Bake Off. Frankie Salenza, Julie Noki, Emmy Maid. So th- we're bringing in a mix of um, YouTubers in the food world and so kind of getting their insight on what it's like being a food YouTuber and, you know, having these these conversations with their viewers.
0: Yeah, it's really important to uh, us to, to get, different voices in these conversations too. So people from all around the world, also just with different perspectives, different backgrounds. That's something Jen and I, that's one reason that we love talking about food. The two of us is we have really different backgrounds. Um, Growing up in rural Ohio, you know, my Midwestern palate would have been completely blown by the things that Jen just ate for like normal breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, in Queens with a Filipino mother and a Thai father.
1: Yeah, and so like we talk a lot about breakfast even, right? So breakfast being that thing that's, you're in Italy now, it's super sweet and we're talking about that change in your diet and what that's like and the do's and the don'ts and I'm like, I just want to eat anything for breakfast. I don't want anyone to shame me (laughs) for having, if I wanted a hot dog for
2: breakfast (laughs) I can't do that in Italy can I? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even if it was the the hot dog and French fry pizza that Frankie talked about, <laughs> no. would that still be a, a problem? No, at Italians breakfast? would
0: definitely judge you, but you know I support it. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is a great segue into this episode that we're going to be sharing. Breakfast? Do you um both happen to remember like any favorite moments from recording this episode?
0: Well, I loved talking to Zoe Kelly, um, the guest on. She she's so wonderful. Um. If you don't follow her on Instagram, she's really fun to follow on Instagram, but she's just such a super rock star and she has fun with food and, you know, bringing her son into it. So that was a highlight for me. Just chatting with Zoe.
2: Yeah. I loved listening to her description of making cafe con leche, right? That with the, with the arepas. Like that just, yes, (gasps) yes. And the dipping, yes. Dipping of the cheese. My mind was,
0: and still is blown actually.
1: (laughs) Like the Arepa making and again, like that's she has a completely different background than me and Katie. So that brought in that whole new um, uh, uh, perspective on what a, a Venezuelan American breakfast household might look like and just how she who is someone who's living the Montessori lifestyle with her child, how she integrates that with their learnings and activities. So that was really nice.
2: And what an amazing time to be listening to your podcast and getting to be exposed to all of these different views and cultures and food traditions that we may or may not be familiar with. Because you know, I would have thought like when we were in you know the peak of lockdown, I would have thought this is a way to kind of armchair or wherever you sit and listen to your podcast travel, um, like couch travel or like whatever. Um, but now that things are starting to open up again. It's like so much inspiration for foods that you might want to seek out, whether it's going to a grocery store to find these ingredients or, um, you know, going and getting food from a restaurant that you haven't been to before. This show gives even in one single episode, you get so many new ideas for foods that you want to try and the history behind them. So um, couldn't be better timing. And I really appreciate the work that you both put into it and like letting us in on your conversations and your lives a little bit.
1: Thank you. Oh,
0: thank you so much. (laughs)
1: I will even say just another thing. After listening to the breakfast episode, my husband was like, "I have a craving for dim sum. Mm-hmm. We like mm-hmm. now that things are opening up, dim sum for Sunday morning breakfast, a must." This gotta <laughs> because of all of the sweet savory talk. Oh no, just breakfast in general. He's like, "I uh-huh. want to try because we've been having the same breakfast all the time." Uh-huh. So he's like, "Okay, things are opening up." let's go at it. Let's taste the world again. Oh my
2: gosh. Exactly. That, w- that was exactly what I was thinking as I was listening to because I have a two-year-old and every morning she, and probably like most other meals, she wants oatmeal. Um, like sometimes she tries to like sneak it in at dinner and we're like, nah, <laughs> we've got to have something besides oatmeal, but every morning is oatmeal. And so listening to the descriptions of all of the other things that we could be eating besides our two-year-old's oatmeal, <laughs>
3: <it> was very <laughs> it
2: was very comforting and inspiring.
1: Hey, savory oats for dinner compromise a swap
2: yeah 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 maybe we do dim sum for breakfast one day and then she gets her oats for dinner that's a great idea Mm -hmm. jen and katie thank you so much for joining us for sharing this episode i can't wait for our listeners to hear it
0: us too thanks for having us Kristen. thank
3: you
1: hey i'm jen Ponomrat. and i'm katie quinn this is either side eaters We are friends
0: who talk about food, whether it's across the table from each other or across the Atlantic Ocean.
1: Coming up in this episode, we'll talk about breakfast traditions. And we'll be joined by the lovely Zoe Kelly, award-winning, self-taught bilingual chef who is a Philippine excited about breakfast, so better up. Oh, (laughs) Ben, you and your dad jokes. Speaking about, like, early morning stuff, uh, my husband, Leo... Told me that on his morning drive, he was watching the sunrise, and he was just so mesmerized because it looked to him like a good sharp cheddar. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and when he, as he was explaining this like vision and 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 the sight he had, I was just like, "This is why he's my person."
2: That is so
0: romantic.
1: <laughs> Take a big old Jeez, bite son. out of the
0: sunset. Sunrise. Oh, yeah, he's it? like,
1: I wanted to eat it. I just, I just needed to eat it. I wanted to take a bite. I wanted to taste life. I was like, yeah, that's a good, good way to start your day. Tasting life—that is a good way to start the day. So, as we start our day, let's uh, hear some of your burning questions. First up, we have Janet. Being that the
2: cultures in the Philippines and in Italy are very different. I would like for you ladies to please explain the similarities in the food.
1: Hi, Janet. (laughs) The first thing that comes to mind when I think about similarities is like ice cream or gelato in bread. Oh, yes. I believe the Philippines started that tradition of Ice cream and bread because of either either the Portuguese or the Spaniards. I'm not sure. Yes, uh, but yeah, that's that whole like yeasty sweet bread combo. Well, Do you know how long how long like Sicily has been uh, eating gelato in, in brioche?
0: Sicily has changed hands so many times. Different groups have ruled it and coming and out. I mean, just all all over the place in terms of who was calling it its, its own. You know what would be fascinating is if it was like the Portuguese who brought it to Sicily just like they brought it to
1: ah, the Philippines, or you know? Yeah, yeah. Also, pandesal is a big thing. So like is like our like, buttery, sweet kind of ro- uh, roll. It's delicious. And I think I've only had it in pandesal. Have you had it in the brioche? Oh, yeah.
0: The further south in Italy that you go, the more it's a thing. And so in Sicily, if you visit Sicily, you will have gelato in brioche. It's just a given. Ah. And probably pistachio gelato because
1: it's so Yum. good.
0: <laughs> it's not solely gelato that Sicilians will put in brioche. It's also granita which is so reflect so refreshing it's so
1: so refreshing (laughs) it is right (laughs) you just want to like on a hot summer day pour that all over you (laughs) (laughs) refresh
0: you (laughs) took it there yes yes exactly that is what i think of when i think of granita so yeah i mean you could put all kinds of delicious cooling things in brioche and call it a match made in heaven
1: it's just a great vehicle. I mean, come on. Carbs as your your vessel. A
0: similarity I see is that both Italians and Filipinos are so proud of their food, right? So Italians are so passionate about Italian food, and this is the right way to do it. In the Philippines, I know that they are hugely proud and really want to share their food, but, Jen, would you say that in the Philippines there as uh, this is the right way and this is the wrong way about it as Italians
1: are? Mm-hmm. I feel like everywhere in the world is like this. If, if you have people from a certain region that's really proud and excited about a particular dish or cuisine as a whole. And I will say, and I know you've experienced this in the past and we've talked about this. Uh, generally, in in our both of our experiences, whenever there's a Filipino dish or a mention of anything Filipino, the community is like, "Yes, oh, yeah. thank you for representing this. Uh, I love seeing that you know I grew up eating this. There' more more of the 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 feedback, and we're YouTubers, so we will like rely on, on comments to engage with people and and see where their their thoughts are at, is that they're just really excited to see it totally. right to see someone either uh, try it for the first time. Learn about it. Right. Uh, or, or share a dish that Absolutely. reminds them of their upbringing. Yeah. Uh, but there are. And I'm, I'm sure you, you experience this with Italian viewers, is that like a lot of people feel very strongly about something made the way it's supposed to air quotes on supposed to be. Right. And so you will have saying no this is not the ingredient you use. This is not this. That's not the technique. Exactly. It's like, well, never mind that the
0: end result is delicious and is totally worth doing and trying. It's like, well, okay, but that's not like the way it's done. And I see both sides to it because I understand and I appreciate the like traditional classic way of doing things. I also think it's fun to kind of get quirky with the dish and and mess around and try (laughs) new things.
1: And appreciate it in more ways than one. Yeah. And our final question is from Clifton. Can you talk about the different kinds of breakfast versus sweet versus savory across the world? I know that like in Asian countries, breakfast tends to be more savory than sweet. But maybe in Western Europe, it's more sweet than savory. So can you talk a little bit about that history and how it differs from parts of the world? Oh, we have a lot of thoughts on this, so... Let's jump into it. Let's jump in. Hey Jen, real quick, I have a
0: I have a question for you. What What, what does a thesaurus eat for breakfast? A
1: thesaurus? Yes,
0: a, thes- a thesaurus. <laughs> what? <laughs> a synonym roll. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's talk breakfast.
1: So. Katie, you're in Italy now. Yes. What
0: does your breakfast usually look like? Okay, so the Italian breakfast does not look exactly like my breakfast in my kitchen because the Italian breakfast is super sweet and very light. So, like a Nutella filled croissant type of or like brioche situation mm. with a lot of jam, m- marmelada, I mean, that and, and with an espresso that is the typical italian breakfast. I'm still too american for that. I'm like I'm not I'm not full. I'm still hungry. <laughs> so, I'm an I am an eggs girl or like you know actually what the happy medium is? Yogurt. So,
1: <gasps> yogurt on either side. Yogurt on either side, although I do have
0: to say that yogurt here is always like of the very sweet variety, like sweet oh, really? and sugary almost always. Yeah, I mean they do have Greek yogurt, but which
1: actually, to be fair, in America, I guess Greek yogurt has
2: just that's recently
0: true. become
1: a thing. So that's true. Lots of, like there, you even have the ones with the candy on top. Oh my god! Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're still calling this a healthy
0: breakfast? Question
1: mark. <laughs> All your nutrients at the top of the day. Yeah. Before you left to Europe, in the last like ten years, what generally did your breakfast look like? I I ate a lot of cereal in my day, like sugary cereal, the healthy cereal.
0: Well, growing up, I was only allowed Cocoa Puffs on like special occasions, like my birthday, because I love Cocoa Cocoa Puffs Puffs. Puffs for their shit. Oh, that was my favorite, and the milk after the Cocoa Puffs, chocolate milk, (laughs) chocolate milk, (laughs) so good. Um, But you know, like a Special K kind of thing. Also, I would say that that was. And like cheerios and the huge, yeah is that like like before you go to school yeah that was exactly. like that quick exactly mm. yeah occasionally pop tart or something
1: oh man and then as you started to work and you know or maybe when you started school like how did that change what was your breakfast change there
0: i you know being an adult oatmeal really became my go-to quick and easy. Um, I felt like it was filling um, with, especially with like a dollop of nut butter. It's like, "Mm, this is, that became my go-to in my twenties in New York, I'd say. Well, what about you though, Jen, like growing up
1: and then, and now in adulthood,
0: what's your go-to breakfast situation?
1: So growing up, I'd say like elementary school time, as you said, Pop-Tarts, I went, oh yeah, like, Monday to Friday before school, if there weren't any leftovers, mom would usually be like, Here's a Pop Tart, here's some egos, like, grab one, run out the door. Also, I would I'm still not a morning person. Mm. Like, breakfast, I was like, Meh, not my thing. I'll wait to eat to lunch. And it was actually bad at you know, later on I skipped breakfast entirely. And um, but then like high school into college, it was bacon, egg and cheese or Yeah. Uh, oh like a bacon a egg and cheese
0: sandwich or like a
1: bagel. Yeah, New yeah. Yorkers. I mean you lived in know. Queens, hell yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll and it had mm. to have ketchup. If it didn't have ketchup oh. and the egg was salt and peppered, it was it wasn't it. But uh a lot of the times on the weekend our breakfasts were uh if I was having a Filipino one. We'd have things called silog. Silog is like a platter that consists of leftover white rice, right? And garlic. And it's delicious. Like my mom would throw the garlic on and I would know, boom, oh. we're getting it. And she would either have um, some sort of like, we call it tocino. It's like this like cured uh, pork or we'd have sausage, longanisa. Or beef tapa. so like the name of the silog would change based on the name of the protein. So if it was uh, Longanisa, the sausage, it would be longsilog, silog. Or if it was the beef tapa, it's Tapsilog. Or spam. It's like spamsilog. Oh whoa. <laughs> That's amazing spam. <spam-silogue. laughs> but, but it was always this
0: base of the leftover rice.
1: Right. And I then love over that. top a runny egg, runny oh, fried oh, egg oh. and banana ketchup. <gasps>
0: Ooh, and banana ketchup. There it Dana, is. Banana ketchup. Oh, that sounds so good. And so I'm fascinated because that sounds amazing to me and I'm fascinated by the fact that Italians don't think that savory food belongs in breakfast. That's interesting, They're, right? Yeah, they think it's so like eggs for breakfast. They're like, "What? Why meat yeah. for breakfast? Why?"
1: Yeah, but there was a time when farmers or any laborer had a heavier, heartier breakfast for sure. Right? You're right. And so, like, it's interesting to think about sa- savory or sweet breakfasts. Which cultures embraced which flavor the most? Right. Um, but if we talk about a little bit about breakfast history it's kind of a hard one to talk about for me because whenever I'm like looking into it and I've been like interested about breakfast history for a long time, (laughs) Yes, the resources that are mostly available mainly talk about like English or European breakfast. Hmm. And I guess that's because of like written history, like what was shared, what was destroyed anything like that. But you can see common themes in different regions of the world. Um, So if we're if we are going to talk about like uh, Europe, so breakfast the term breakfast we know is breaking the fast, right? Yes, Yes. Um, and that like having a big breakfast, like if you think about, um, Downton Abbey. Yes. They have like a separate breakfast room, right? In the morning, the family or whoever was single, I believe sat in this breakfast room and would have like a lavish buffet. And they would, you know, serve their own food. And then, you know, the servants would, would lay out the buffet. Breakfast wasn't really a big practice like early medieval ages and before. And then it started to become a general thing of like, oh, we have guests coming over. Let's show off what our local ingredients are and that we have the best cooks and you can have the most amazing spread in front of you. So fast forward, right? Uh, the full English breakfast. Yes. And you, you lived in London. Oh, I've had my just fair share. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've, well, we'll talk more about the, the full English breakfast, but that came around the Industrial Revolution, right? Ah. So the working class needed more substantial meal. And you could see that across the world. Anywhere where there's a lot of labor happening, that working force needs substance and so you'll have like heavier meals in the beginning of the day and then something lighter later, later on or another heavy dinner later hmm. and the the tradition of the full english breakfast right what's like when you think of it what are the components okay we've got our beans we've
0: got our tomato our cooked tomatoes we've got our blood sausage yeah
1: and eggs and toast. I've, I've never had an English breakfast. Oh, girl, we got to get you an English breakfast. <laughs> I mean, I look at them all the time and I think about it because I love the idea of beans on toast. Oh, yeah. Like and that Brits, sweet baked bean flavor. It's, Brits are obsessed with beans on toast,
0: just like all the time. But especially, yeah, full English. You got to have the beans.
1: Mm-hmm. That's... I guess, like, with American breakfast, like, when I think of American breakfast, I think about that lumberjack platter. Yeah. Like, pancakes, hash brown, Totes. you know, bacon or sausage, sometimes toast. Um, that's my favorite, like, I diner. do, too. I love it because it's got the sweet and the savory. And so eggs is, like, a common thing across many different breakfast plates around the world mm-hmm. also bread right there's a lot of like bread heavy yeah. things so anything that's like affordable or that you can make in bulk and have throughout the week um and something i think about a lot are breakfast soups Ooh. like soupy <sighs> savory like when's the first time you had a breakfasty soup it where were you when i was in indonesia yeah, that's what I think of okay. because that's what I grew up with. So, like noodles,
0: not so much a part of like traditionally, not so much a part of um, breakfast soups.
1: More, more on in, the porridge in certain side. parts of of the world, yeah, really, like it can be. But very, but you're right that a lot of the times it's porridgey. So like either it's rice or some other grain, right? Think about um, here with the natives, the indigenous culture here was cooking. From corn, right? Oh, yeah, of Grinding up the corn, right? And this led to what we call the grits, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Of and course. so it's a huge Southern thing, <sighs> uh, but porridge. So the 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 stuff I grew up with, I ate jok, and jok is like the Thai. You were saying congee. It's that rice porridge soup. It's so delicious, mm. and it usually has. Well, the version that I like has a nice like a soft boiled egg that's cracked over Uh, top, lots of fried garlic, scallion, pickled uh, chilies with that vinegar, uh, lime, cilantro, and sometimes the base, like it'll have um, either just just plain and you add, you know, the things on top of it, or it'll have some leftover meats or like ground pork. And in Thailand, the last time I visited my dad in Bangkok, almost every morning he would run down the local shop and bring up like a lot of the food in, in his area was bagged in plastic and he would just like it's hot piping hot joke and he would just pour it over a bowl oh. and then here here's your toppings go at it oh it's just so oh filling, my gosh
3: so good. that
0: just that image just makes me want to go to bangkok so badly <laughs> i can't even <laughs> tell you that's so fun starting your day like
1: that yes that's energizing you could go do whatever you know
0: and yeah, I do. think
1: like a lot
0: of people might think, oh, I don't want something like super hot on, on a hot day, like in a hot place, like Bangkok. Was it was it hot those days? Oh for- yeah, yeah. But I'm, um, but uh, it's like no, it actually really works.
1: It, yeah, it fits. It's like that concept, uh, and I know South Koreans say this all the time: like when it's hot, eat hot food, so you sweat out faster, and you you know your 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 homeostasis balancing out. Right, your <laughs> right? body's getting your temperature. used to the sweating. Yeah, yeah. Or like when it's cold, you eat cold. But like I I don't follow it. I generally <laughs> do, you know, a nice hot meal on a cold day, and you know I around. do
0: too. Like on a really cold, overcast morning. Nothing beats like a, a warm bowl of oatmeal for me. Yeah. It's so good. And I
1: eat savory oatmeal a lot. And actually, one of yes. the first video collab we ever yeah. did was savory oatmeal. I was Do you just remember?
0: thinking that. Yes. That was so good with bacon and egg. and
1: Yeah. And then we did one on my channel with coconut and yes. zucchini. It's oh. all the spices. That was so a, a good time. I- yeah, I still do it. I do all those variations in savory oats. So like whenever I'm craving joke, more often than not, I'm using oats because my dad is the first one to introduce that to me. Yes, And he's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I want to lay off some rice. Let me have some oats. And that's what I do now. My husband, Leo, his family's Peruvian. And my first, like the first time I ever slept over their place, <laughs> I woke up and there was a spread of like delicious uh, sandwiches. Uh, uh shoot, why is it coming in my head? Uh oh no, pan con chicharron. Mm-hmm. So pan con chicharron is like a bun with um uh chicharron, so like fried pork belly and the sarsa, which is um red onion with lime and rocoto pepper, aji amarillo, oh. and sliced fried sweet potato. Oh And I my I had, it. I was like, this is so good, but it's so heavy for, like, I'm not used to, to like a big sandwich like that. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm like, wait, I could handle bacon, egg, and cheese, but there's something out of the bacon, egg, and cheese that just digested real quick. Uh, but yeah, or like they—they they also had a spread of tamales, and it was oh my gosh. So breakfast is a big thing with our families for sure, as it should be. Uh, speaking of breakfast with families, uh, let's talk to Zoe. Today's guest is the wonderful Zoe Kelly. She is an award-winning, self-taught bilingual chef and on-screen food personality. She immigrated from Venezuela to the United States at the age of seven and is now living her version of the American dream with the launch of her company, Little Chef and Me. All right. Welcome, Zoe. So happy to have you. Yay! I'm so happy to be with you guys. At the top of each guest interview, we like to do a round of quick-fire questions to get us started. So we're going to do a little back. All okay. right, so quick-fire questions, Zoe. You ready? We got yes. three. let's do it. Okay, first up, eggs. Scrambled or sunny side up?
3: Scrambled, but I don't really like eggs. Is that controversial? Oh, <laughs> oh shoot! I just switch it up. I love I, it.
0: This
1: is gonna be a great one for the breakfast a combo. Little, a
3: little controversial. I'm not a big oh. fan of eggs, but I will have them scrambled.
1: Okay, we're gonna talk more about that
3: yeah. a little later. Indeed, I have
0: a friend who has equally uh, strong feelings about eggs, and I respect it because she still eats delicious things. So hey,
3: love love cooking them though. I will cook so like I love cooking eggs, love poaching them, like working with eggs, love it. But eating them, I'm like hard pass. Wow. All
0: right. We're going to put a pin in that for sure. Jen's going to. All right. Next up, Zoe, uh, popsicles or lollipops? Uh,
3: Lollipops. Is that a Southern thing? Say lollipops. I don't know.
0: How do you you call them? The word itself lollipop?
3: Yeah. Wait. Okay. So in Florida, I don't know. It's a cultural thing. So like popsicles is like the ice cream, right? Like, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Lollipop. Uh, I'm going to go with lollipop.
1: All right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was thinking you're gonna say popsicle. Okay, last one: zombie apocalypse or alien invasion?
3: Oh my god! So, (laughs) I I have like this crazy phobia of aliens. Like my soul will leave my body the day that I turn on the news and it's like aliens have taken over. Like I will uh, die. would much rather a zombie apocalypse than an alien invasion for that reason. Whoa. I have a phobia because when I was little, my mom used to watch these UFO alien shows. And she would tell me, don't watch them. These are for adults. So what did I do? Snuck in, watched Mm -hmm. it. And then from then on, I'm like, I'm going to get abducted by aliens. Like, this is how I die. Wow. I'm with (laughs) you. But I still will
1: consume a lot of alien stuff. I watched (laughs) Signs last night. Oh, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) So no. Okay, that was awesome. Thank you. Back to breakfast. Okay. You often cook arepas, right? And so that was something you had growing up for breakfast, I'm assuming, a lot of the times. Is that something Raiden is interested in or is he more interested in like the oatmeal pancake?
3: So arepas are like Venezuelans bread and butter. My husband hates them now because i eat them for breakfast lunch dinner like it just depends on the filling. like are we putting eggs in it then it's breakfast are we putting ropa vieja <laughs> then it's lunch you know <laughs> uh, so it's like all day every day whatever it is that you got you put in arepa and that's your food uh for breakfast though i love making arepas just with cafe con leche there's just something so nostalgic about Ooh, it oh my you know, the smell of like the coffee and the percolator and like it's a whole vibe. Walk us
1: through how you make your Café con Leche.
3: So I have a little percolator and I have uh, Espresso Coffee Filon is the brand that I love. And Raiden actually knows how to put the coffee into the little, so he'll grab the <laughs> spoon and he'll put it into, I'm like, this is going to, this is an investment in my future. Okay? Yeah, I know it's this is about. <laughs> I'm going to be selfish here. I know it's about him, but like really... I'm trying to get him to make us coffee when we wake up. Yeah. Five years old, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. I like I like it. I like so it. We'll we'll put the water in and we'll put the coffee and then we'll let it let it boil. And like that smell when it first starts coming out is just uh. like every I mean that's enough to wake you up. And the co- then the milk, you gotta you gotta make sure it has you know the foam on top. So I, I'll usually whisk some brown sugar into it. Uh, almost make like a colada type of situation and you know. oh.
4: but yeah
3: uh, we do the arepas in the morning uh he'll you know it's a great activity for them too because he uses his hands to, like massage the dough and then we'll like flatten it and i'll put it on um you know the cast iron to cook and I, it's there's something about that smell of that corn cooking like the the, the cornmeal cooking and that cafe con leche just
1: yeah. It's so weird. I could smell it right now and it's not even a part of my normal routine. I mean I, I just smell that. I'm yeah, I'm getting really hungry just thinking about it
0: actually. <laughs> so a question for you. Um so like I, I live in Italy and it's a real thing here to breakfast tends to be sweet, but putting dipping what you're mm-hmm. eating for breakfast, especially if it's something like a panettone, brioche, something like that dipping it in your cappuccino and your cafe uh and i know that like in france they'll actually dip bread and like buttered bread in their coffee in the morning so so it goes sweet and savory is what the point i'm trying to make do you ever dip your repas
3: in your cafe con leche okay great point because there's people that do that there is really? people that do that yes I don't. Uh, I know there's also people who put cheese in their coffee. Yes. Wait, a what? lot of Colombians? <gasps> yeah. yeah. I have it's never good. heard of this. Los Colombianos, they put like cube cheese either in their hot chocolate or their coffee. Mm-hmm. My mind yeah. is
0: so blown right now. In <laughs> the hot you like
3: chocolate? St- and yes. you stir it around
1: and when you do like a little spoon lift, you have that one stretchy melty little nugget
0: i mean yo i believe that that would be really stinking good
3: yeah and then cubans have you know cafe con leche and then uh pan tostado like that's like a it's just cuban bread garlic butter that's your breakfast and you will see people dunk their their bread into it and that's what i love about food is that like it really unites us because we think we're so different, but we're really not. Like we love <laughs> hot, salty, sweet together. Like make it happen, and right, we'll we could see more of the
1: similarities. Absolutely. If you guys listening uh, want to check out her Instagram, she's at it's Zoe Kelly, and you could also find her uh, at zoe kelly dot com and little chef and me dot com check out all those wonderful cooking products. Thank you so much, Zoe. Zoe, thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Anytime I get to talk food, I'm all about it. We hope y'all enjoyed breaking the fast with us as we sample the boundless world of breakfast culture from light, sweet Italian pastries to heartier, savory soups across Asia. It's definitely a meal to appreciate, whether it's simply a quick bite to get your day started faster or slowing it down and enjoying the little kitchen moments with loved ones like Zoe Kelly and her curious little eater. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe
0: and leave us a rating and review. You can also drop us a question using the link in the show notes. And in the meantime, you can see what we're up to by following us on Instagram at QKatie and at Jen Eats Life. Special thanks to the musician who wrote and performed our theme song, Brian Quinn. Hey, that's my brother. You can follow him on Instagram at BQFunk.